0: This podcast is sponsored by the Social Enterprise and Crowdfunding Conference. Learn more at (laughs) secfc.co. Hello, everyone. The bells are ringing to signal that it is time for us to start our uh, discussion today. This is Devin Thorpe with Your Mark on the World, and I have with us a very special guest today. It's uh, Diana Campoamor, Amor, who is the uh, president and CEO of Hispanics in Philanthropy. Diana, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Devin, it's it's a pleasure to be here with you. You know, I I, I read all about you, and I think, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like you.
0: Oh, you do have a good sense of humor. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Well, I'm excited to start off uh, with the interesting angle of uh, Hip Gives. You've launched this new uh, crowdfunding site. and I want you to tell us more about what's going on at uh, Hip Gives.
1: So, you know, there are over 150 uh, crowdfunding uh, sites. So the question becomes, why start something new, right? And, you know, innovation sometimes is not about, you know, inventing something out of nada, but it's about a different twist on a really good idea. So what we've done is we've taken this great idea of, crowdfunding. And we've given it a new twist. And what is that twist? Twist is a focus on Latino communities and Latin America. Why? Because we know that, um, that Latinos are givers. And we know, for example, that, you know, a number of families send money home to their countries of origin. And we want to be helpful. Uh, we want to be helpful by developing an online platform that is for this market and also helping to ensure confidence in these uh, in these investments. We do that by vetting organizations by by training them, the twenty three organizations that we vetted uh, for our first campaign. Um, were organizations that for the most part had not used crowdfunding. And, uh, you know, if you're in the social change business, as Hispanics in Philanthropy is, you know, this is a technology is a great opportunity, um, you know, for people to be a part of it. You don't have to be, you know, Bill Gates you know you can have five dollars and you can be a philanthropist and i think that's the biggest promise in philanthropy right now it takes all of us and it takes that impulse of generosity you know at to to get you know the word out and to be a part of the solution and all of us can play
0: yeah i think everyone wants to be a part of the solution but oftentimes people don't know how I wonder if you would just tell us a little bit more about some of the specific projects or enterprises or uh, nonprofits that you've had on the uh, on HipGive so far.
1: Absolutely, let me give you about tell you about one that I uh, personally supported. It's uh, it's an organization called Wages, and it forms cooperatives of women uh that uh, do a variety of things these are mostly new immigrant women many of them don't speak english uh but they're incredibly bright incredibly entrepreneurial and um, they decided that they wanted to do an ice cream business ice cream has you know a big markup and so they decided that they were going to Manufacture popsicles, and they needed little carts to take their popsicles around and sell their popsicles. So that's one of the projects that exceeded their goal in the first few days. So that's uh, that's one. Um, there's um, another project in Mexico um, with an organization, a very well-known organization called. Appleseed. And that project helps to ensure that kids coming across the border um, who are, you know, uh, sometimes abused, neglected, uh, certainly, um, you know, get into all sorts of dangerous situations, that the human rights of those kids are defended. That there are lawyers out there that are looking for those kids. That are helping them. That governments on both sides of the border, you know, are looking at ways to uh, to take care of uh, these minors. So that's another that's another organization, Museo de las Americas um, in uh, in Denver. Um, no, I'm sorry, in, not in Denver. Um, but Museo de las Americas uh, was a, was another uh, of the organizations uh, that was a, a you know a part of the uh, of the group. So you have you know you have you know educational projects in North Carolina. You have youth organizing projects in Philadelphia. We had community cooperatives in in California. Uh, human rights and public interest law in Mexico, and um, you know, lots of things that one could be a part of.
0: Well, it's just uh, it's exciting to see all the good things that are going on there, and I appreciate you sharing them with us. Tell us a little bit more about what other things your organization, Hispanics in uh, Philanthropy, is undertaking.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Here's here's the the issue, you know. Um a couple of years back, I mean philanthropy is huge, right, in this country. And I think that's one of those American institutions that we can all be really proud of. Uh yet, you know, when you look at the largest foundations, Gates, Rockefeller, Ford, a number of others and you look at their payout, or how their funds are, you know, who receives their funds, there's an underfunding of Latinos. Now, why is that? It's not that somebody's at a desk saying, oh, you have a name like Campo Amor, I'm not going to fund you. Nothing like that. No. What it is, is that, you know, Foundations that are as large as the Gates or the Kellogg or the Mott or Rockefeller Foundation, um, they're in the business of giving large grants, national grants, to organizations that can absorb that kind of grant. Latino communities, ninety-nine percent of our nonprofits are, you know, in the in the neighborhood. They have budgets of less than half a million dollars. Um, they work, you know, with uh, with community members. Um, they're not necessarily, they don't have an office in Washington or on Wall Street. And so it's very difficult for large foundations, the ones that give really large grants, to detect, you know, these organizations. Yet these are the organizations that are really making a difference. They're the ones that are providing, um, you know, health advice and in some cases services uh, to people uh, that don't have access. These are the organizations that are helping parents to translate and to understand how to support their kids in school. These are the advocates who are helping families who are living with their elderly parents to access the services that are available to all Americans. And so this disconnect means that philanthropy misses out on some of the highest yielding investments. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Latino communities have fabulous outcomes. Our nonprofits are strong, our nonprofits are you know, active, and we believe that investments in these small groups are, you know, have a much higher yield. You know, for those that are uh, in in the financial field, as you are, Devin, um, you know that there is the small cap and the large cap and the, you know, so on, and oftentimes small businesses, which are perceived to be uh, at higher risk, Those small businesses are, you know, uh, can be uh, very profitable. And we believe there's a parallel with uh, Latino organizations that are working in their communities. And so HipGive and the work of Hispanics in philanthropy does a couple of things. We're helping to shape the next generation of philanthropists, of Latino philanthropists and anyone who wants to invest in our communities. But the second thing is that we're helping philanthropy to be more effective by helping them to make connections with some of these innovative leaders um, that are not easily detectable. Um, because as I said, they, don't, they might not have an office in Washington, D.C. or in New York.
0: Well, it's it's uh, it is a wonderful work you're doing. I wonder, uh, Diana, if you can share with me what at the root really motivates you to do this work. This isn't necessarily easy work, but I want to know where this comes from for you personally.
1: Mm. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, that you say that. Um, I I came to this country at the age of eleven. I was born in cuba and so i'm a refugee and uh you know and i remember you know seeing such disparity uh in you know in my country and uh and in a way you know i felt that writing uh to organizations like you know ford and gates and other foundations in a way, it was like, you know, writing a letter to Santa Claus. You know, <laughs> saying, <laughs> there's something magical, really magical, about writing to somebody and saying, be my partner, you know, in making this happen. Something that's not just about me, but it's about, you know, well-being of all of us. Um and so, you know, I've been blessed with a, a, a wonderful opportunity to, to work with a number of people that you don't see here, but there's, there's hundreds and thousands of folks uh, that make this work possible. One of the things that I like to say is you don't have to be Hispanic to be hip. We have a lot of hip members that yeah. are not Hispanic. Uh, but who are involved in 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 our work uh, because they understand the vibrance, the social capital, and the uh, you know and the, the values that we bring to this country.
0: Well, it is wonderful work that you're doing, and certainly uh, you can see all around us in America the influence and all of it so much so much of it positive from from uh, our uh, Hispanic. Uh, Citizens and neighbors, so it's it's a wonderful thing and I'm certainly glad, glad that you would sh- do the work you're doing and, and take time today to share it with us. But tell us if you could Dan before we wrap up how do how can people get in touch with you? how do they learn more about your work? how do they make contributions and donations to the organizations you are describing? What, what, what do they do? What are the action items we need to leave people with?
1: You know, uh, go on hiponline.org to to see, you know, the things uh, that, that, you know, that we're working on. Uh, there's a donate button on that website. Again, that's hiponline.org. Uh, if you want to look at projects that are being featured, go to hipgive.org. Again, hipgive.org. And, uh, and, you know, you're also welcome to email me, you know, diana, D-I-A-N-A, at hiponline.org.
0: Fantastic. Uh, diana, thank you very much for joining us today. It's just been a joy to meet you and to learn about your work, and we wish you every success.
1: Thank you, Devin. Good to All be right. with you. Thank uh, you.
0: Let's do some good. This is Devon Thorpe. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast, which was recorded during a live broadcast of this interview via Google Hangouts On Air. A video recording of the interview is available at youtube.com slash Thorpe. You can learn more about the work of the Your Mark on the World Center at yourmarkontheworld.com. The one-of-a-kind social enterprise and crowdfunding conference on September 26th at the spectacular Snowbird Resort near Salt Lake City We'll bring together leaders from across the country in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. Register before May 31st for just $45 at secfc.co. The roster of speakers will include Rodney Sampson, author of Kingonomics, Francis Batista, the leading animal rights advocate, and other luminaries. See the full list of speakers at secfc.co. Social entrepreneurs attending the conference will have the opportunity to pitch real investors at the conference. Nonprofit leaders will also be given an opportunity to make a pitch for microgrants and to conduct a one day crowdfunding campaign during the event. Learn more and register at secfc.co.